guys, Joe here, the man who tells you to make us whole again, and I'm here to cover UFC Fight Night, Jan versus Marab, ah, man, I always butcher his last name, Devalishvili, I think I got it there, actually, and honestly, I love this main event, um, it was non-stop action, and so it gave my tired self just a massive jump in energy, apologies if I'm talking a little quiet, it's like... 5 a.m. <laughs> over here right now for me in the daylight savings time jumping forward. I think the roommate and his, uh, my best friend really and his girlfriend are still asleep so I'm not trying to wake them up since in reality it's like 4 a.m. you know. But so, but enough talk. Let's get to the fights. And in our main event of the evening, it was a bantamweight matchup between Pyotr Jan versus Marab <laughs> Marab. So Jan is coming off two controversial split decision losses. Uh, I, I mean, I guess two. I, I felt like the Sterling one personally was pretty clear-cut. Sterling, I, I felt like person. It was just, just me. Um, well, Marab, he did lose some fans with his performance last week. He technically retired Jose Aldo. Um, so Jan was actually a big favorite coming into this, but then earlier this week I heard that they're going to be using a smaller cage because it wasn't at the apex. They're going to use a smaller cage, and I instantly knew Jan was in trouble. So out of the jump, let's just be here all up and honest here. Marab dominated Pyotr Jan in this fight, pressuring him constantly, not letting him set up for his pretty striking. So with with all this pressure he's throwing out there. He's able to constantly attack with takedowns while landing shots in the striking to kind of mix him up and create mix-up opportunities for him as well in there. And this pressure is constant. And I was explaining to a friend of mine who isn't the most avid MMA fan while we were watching it together. I said, you know, it's funny. You you think, you would think, right, when you're when someone's go, 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 go all over you, you would think the guy that's go, go, go is going to be the one to gas first. Well, in reality... It's really exhausting to have a guy chase you around, constantly moving at you, constantly working, because then you're tensing up, you know, then your lactic acid's building up and everything like that, you're stuffing everything, you're you're so focused on him that you're 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 you know, kinda getting rigid and you can't loosen up, which which helps out with lactic acid and you know, keeping your energy really high up and all that noise. So Jan was looking gassed by the end of this fight. At one point, I think it was in the, the fifth round, or I think it was going into the fifth round where he just goes like that and wiggles his arm and I went, he's trying to make sure his arms are awake because that's lactic acid, lactic acid building up, you know. And, uh, you've, you know, he really just didn't have the same oomph as he would have had, you know, like later in the rounds and all that noise. But, and pressuring a big counter striker is usually a risky game, like a recipe for some problems. But, you know, not if the Counter-Striker wants time to set up, you know. Um, it's like, uh, if you bull rush like Conor McGregor, who I dislike, but I'll give him credit here. If you bull rush Conor McGregor just looking to kind of swing, he's going to just catch it. He, he doesn't need time to set up. He already just kind of has it, like, ready, cocked, and boom. Same with, like, a, a Lyoto Machida back in the day and all that noise. Those guys just are ready, but if you're a Counter-Striker where it's like, oh, okay, I want some time to kind of get into the groove and really see what I can do, you know, like a Tyron Woodley, you can break these these Counter-Strikers who want the time to do it. Not, not that Tyron Woodley was uh, like a high-level striker, but he definitely liked to play off the counter for sure. He Coming forward 
wasn't wasn't really ever his thing outside of like a couple of fights. Uh, but using kicks to stop a, a fighter who's looking to kind of use their movement, you you stand them still for a moment and you limit their footwork and movement. Always a just massively great game plan, which Marab did perfectly here. He did all of this, and he made you know Jan just look completely different than the killer we had been seeing when he was on top of the division. Uh, and so here's some crazy numbers for you guys. So uh, just to show you the pace of the scrambles and exchanges and the grappling. So Marab got 11 takedowns this fight, but he only had like six or so minutes, I think. I think it was like 640-something minutes, uh, like six minutes, 40-something seconds of control time. It's not, not a lot when you really think about it. That's less than, obviously less than a minute for each takedown. That's, it's kind of nuts. <laughs> it's a little, I think what, I, my math is terrible. A little under 30 seconds per, of control time per takedown. But then here's the kicker. Jan stuffed, I think, 38 takedowns. So I think it was like 49 takedowns Marab had attempted in the fight. And I could be wrong on that official number, but I do know this. He broke the record held by Cain Velasquez in one of the JDS fights for the most takedowns attempted in a fight. For the first thing, it's kind of insane that Cain, a heavyweight, Cain Velasquez, held that record. But second, like he shattered the record. Like he didn't just beat it, he shattered it. Unbelievable pace, definitely earning the nickname The Machine. Like I've always felt like that's a pretty good nickname for him. More than earns it here. Beautiful nickname for him to have. Um, just unreal and awesome. I love, like, I love volume in, in fights. It's so much fun. Just constant action. You're just like, I can't take my eyes off this. Big A-plus for me. And uh, so for Marab, I know he doesn't really want to fight his friend. Obviously, I don't think he will fight his friend and training partner, Aljamain Sterling, who is the champ. But Aljo's kind of talking about going the featherweight. And at some point... I mean, I, I think that's probably the one downside of Marab winning here is it kind of creates like a little bit of a, uh, okay, you know, kind of effect on the division. I mean, so now the Sterling-Cejudo fight, not just on the result itself, but like the aftermath of that is going to have a huge effect on this division. And I hope it's for the positive. I really do hope it's for the positive. Um, so already, already a big fight. Definitely the stakes are a lot bigger when you think about a guy like Marab who is just chugging along, doing this to everybody. It's kind of awesome. Um, in a sick way, I suppose. <laughs> you know, I like I, I really kinda hope Marab jumps up. You know, I he retired one of my favorite fighters ever, but hey, you know, I, I can't hold that against him. He's just trying to win a fight. That's all that's, that's what it is. And, but now let's get to our co-main event of the evening, which was Alexander Romanov versus Alexander Volkov. And so this fight was interesting because I heard they were, if Romanov won, I think they were going to add an E back to his first name. I don't know. <laughs> a little, little stupid joke there. But uh, sadly, on the feet, though, uh, you know, Volkov just lighting him up, lighting off Romanov, keeping away the E. And Romanov looks to kind of clinch up, take the fight to the mat. He gets reversed, Volkov gets on top and just pounds him out. Made it look really easy. Like, I, I think me describing what happened was more effort I put in than, like, Volkov kind of had to. He just seemed incredibly to incredibly outmatch his opponent. 
Um, and, you know, he really is the true king of Alexanders in that division, I suppose. Um, but honestly, though, he's still a really good name in the division, you know, all jokes aside. He's had some rough moments, but he's still got a really solid upside. He's not incredibly old, you know. He's not, like, in his 40s. He's got some upside in an old division. Uh, he's a lot of fun to watch always, and he's got some great fights on him. I think it, what his only losses are to... If I remember correctly, it's obviously, I know Curtis Blades, he's got four of them, I think, right? It's Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis, he was, uh, his, he was a little hot under the, under the shorts, and then Aspinall, and then Gone, or like his four. So all pretty good names, Derek Lewis at the time was a pretty good name, you know, now not so much, I bet if they rematched, you know, Volkov would smoke him, but even Volkov was smoking him in that fight, he just kind of made a big mistake. Um... So, I don't know. I think he's got some good upside. I think you can see him as a title contender pretty soon. But now, let's get to the main event from a couple weeks ago. Uh, Ryan Spann versus Nikita Krylov happened out of the gate. Back and forth. Just constantly. Big shots on the feet. But when it goes to the ground, Krylov looks like he's going to take his back in the first round. Slips off. Spann, like, kind of looks to kind of get some big shots in. Kind of move into the guard. Gets snatched up in a nasty triangle choke. My per- one of my personal favorite submissions. Uh, at least to practice, um, and it was just awesome. It kind of reminded me, funny enough, of uh, Nikita Krylov and Paul Craig, where once it hit the ground, it was just a quick sub from guard for Paul Craig, you know, funny enough. Honestly, pretty good fight for the short time it lasted. Make me made me glad we kind of just ran this back after the cancellation at the very last second, like two weeks ago or so. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty good. And for the rest of the card... Jonathan Martinez beat Saeed Nurmagomedov uh, in a pretty close fight, I thought. But um, what was really close and tight was this arm bar uh, Martinez had from the bottom against Saeed. Like, it was, it looked like it was going to bend out. Like, I'm double-jointed, so, you know, but, like, uh, <laughs> it looked like it was, it looked pretty tight. It was kind of scary. Um, and he, I'm shocked he didn't get the finish, but he did get the, get the win. Speaking of great submissions, though, Davy Grant had an unbelievable submission against Rafael Asuncao with a reverse triangle choke. Just put Asuncao out cold. Like, just out. You know? It was awesome. It was, a, I think it was an inverted, not a reverse triangle, it was an inverted triangle. They were on the ground. It wasn't like, it's the same kind of one that Toby Amada got on Jorge Masvidal years ago in Bellator, but it was like on the ground. Like, he's holding on to like his waist. You know, like this, like in a body lock while his legs are just choking him out. And the Suntow went out cold, and after the fight, he called it a career. You know, but a long career, good ups and downs, really good moments, I think, in his career. Definitely props to you. Have fun right now in the sunset. Best of luck in the post-fight career. And lastly, I'm bringing this up because I feel like I don't. I'm kind of doing a disservice to it. But everyone is telling me how awesome the Victor Henry versus Tony Gravely fight was, and I didn't get a chance to see it, sadly. It's a combination of life and, you know, working today. I, I, I worked. I just got done with my shift and decided to shoot the video. Um, but I am going to watch it later today. And I, I wanted to bring this up, too, because I think it's so cool that we're giving, like, a prelim fight, like, all this love. I feel like there's always, like, a couple of pretty good prelim fights on, like, these fight nights, and no one ever, like, gives them a shout-out. And it's really cool, everybody talking about how awesome and great this fight was, which I think was, like, the third fight on the card. A plus, like, for us, you know, highlighting something like this. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And honestly, that means it's probably really, really good. I'm, I'm kind of excited myself. I get a little Sunday treat, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, but that's it for me. 
next week, I will be back to celebrate my one year with the INC family. Oh yeah, uh, and there's also UFC 286 or 280, yeah, 286 next week. So uh, I guess I'll recap that too. But um, if you do love me here, feel free to go check me out on the main channel where I have the retro review series. We have a whole a whole playlist for you just to go check out and enjoy. Um, also, I was on the preview show earlier. I shot it technically it's Sunday morning, but I work overnights, uh, so technically this uh, Sunday Saturday morning I shot it, and uh, where me and Carl broke down UFC 286. And we mostly just kind of gush about how amazing the matchmaking is for Rafael Fazayev and Justin Gaethje. I, I seriously cannot believe I am blessed enough in this timeline. Sorry, just getting emotional. Blessed enough in this timeline to get a fight like that. <laughs> um, anyways, I'm Joe with the INC, and thank you for watching.